All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday, January 9th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how's your weekend, bud? Man, it was great. Spent six hours cleaning in a garage. Is there anything better than that, Frank? Not if you're my dad. That's something right out of his territory, old grandpa. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big take the leaf blower and run that for 20 or 30 seconds, clean out the debris and move on with your life because life is too short to be cleaning your garage for six hours. Yeah, I agree. But you know what? The fun part of the weekend, we actually had the parent-child hockey game for the squirt team. I got to tell you, Frank, that's a great tradition. So it was really good, man. I hope you had a good one as well. Yeah, always enjoy that. Uh, nice and quiet. Got to watch a little football on Sunday, which is always good. And uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock because my mind has totally been in the trade deadline space. And we'll tackle that in a minute with our daily deadline countdown information. But what about the West playoff picture? Let's take a look at that briefly because there's been a couple developments in the last week. And I want to ask you, what's been the more significant one? Is it the St. Louis Blues suddenly coming back from the dead, it seems, right after they lose Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko? They go 3-1 and one on their road trip, and all of a sudden you're saying there's a chance, and also the Colorado Avalanche appear to be getting healthy and playing a little bit better as well. Which one is bigger for the West playoff race? I think realistically it's probably Colorado, even though St. Louis, they do not want to say to anybody that they're out of the race because they believe in themselves. I mean, even after the game on uh, on Sunday against the Minnesota Wild, Braden Shen said 
to the media, you guys want to write us off. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep grinding. But I think realistically, St. Louis, it's going to be a tough road because look in the West now. You've got Minnesota, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Colorado, St. Louis. Okay. There's six teams there. And two of them, to me, Frank, they're not going to make it. So who can potentially fall out of that? Who's been good enough consistently this year? Um, Colorado, again, with the health. We saw McKinnon go between absolutely everybody to beat Stuart Skinner over his glove on Saturday night and and come from behind victory over Edmonton. I think that team's going to be in the mix. So um, for me, Frank, you know, even Calgary. Calgary had a really hard first 25 games of the season, tough schedule. They've gotten points in the eight of their last 10 games, and it sets up this week, Tuesday and Thursday. Calgary and St. Louis face off in St. Louis. Uh, and I think that that could really give us an indication of what may be to come the rest of the year in the West. Yeah. I mean, even at a time when you're ready to maybe potentially look at the Seattle Kraken and say that team and their record, they're a paper tiger. They're not going anywhere. All of a sudden they no. reel off a number of wins consecutively. You're thinking this might be a season defining road trip for the Kraken and they go out and they're mauling teams. So, I mean, uh, I don't think the Kraken are going anywhere, even just from a pure mathematical perspective. They only really need to play 5-10, 5-15 hockey, win five out of every nine or six out of every ten, and they're laughing into the playoffs. That's how many points they've accumulated to this point. So if you had to pick a team that was going to fall out of the race and, and pave the way for – whether it's Colorado or whoever it is, if you look at it today, actually based on points percentages, the Edmonton Oilers that are on the outside looking mm -hmm. in, which team's going to be out? Well, I would always say Seattle because I don't believe in the defensive structure they have or the goaltending, but they keep winning, Frank. So, I mean, that's still my number one pick. I disagree with you with it. Um, but I, I think Edmonton is the one team that just still is questionable, man. They're going to have to do really well to trade deadline for me if they're going to be able to make noise and make sure that they solidify a playoff spot. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames if there's one. I just don't think they've been consistent enough. And they've got holes still in their lineup, and they haven't figured out necessarily the chemistry yet as well. I, I could see your point on Edmonton, but – I had to pick one at this exact moment in time. It would be Calgary. And speaking of the second half of the NHL season, as we're basically hitting the midway point of the schedule, what about the Washington Capitals? Speaking of being written off for dead, that was where the Caps were four weeks ago. I mean, no one was looking mm -hmm. at this team as a playoff team. And now after an impeccable month of December, this team is rolling and they get Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom back over the weekend. What excites you more for that team in terms of an addition, Backstrom or Wilson? To me, it's Wilson because he adds that element that I think is just mandatory come playoff time. And that's not to take anything away from Nicholas Backstrom because you can't replace him. But I do think that the Capitals have done a nice job of backfilling his role. So if Backstrom can maintain health and come back like we expect from his hip injury and hip resurfacing surgery, I mean, that just adds weapons. And you look at the players that have stepped up having those two out, even having John Carlson out. Eric Gustafson's got 16 points in the last month, Frank, not seven goals on the back end. Connor Sheary's playing excellent. Even a pickup like Sonny Milano, who started the year with the Hershey Bears in the American Hockey League, he's got 10 points in his last 14 games. He's plus eight for a guy who's never been looked at great defensively. So I, I think it starts from the penalty kill out. They've been great on the kill. I think they've been well coached and they've gotten really good goaltending from Kemper and Lindgren. So it, to me, I, I definitely didn't give Washington at the start of the year enough credit. And I think having Baxter and Wilson back is just going to make that much more difference, especially with that added grid element, man. Like 
people fear Wilson, but he's also respected so much within that locker room. He's a huge part of that club. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think they're both such big surgeries that I don't know quite what to expect. Wilson coming off That's the ACL. Backstrom, I, are we going to see the same Nick Backstrom that we've always remembered? And and the reason I ask that is, is not to knock it or doubt his rehab by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually to give him credit because this is a mostly unprecedented surgery that he's coming off of. Ryan Kessler was the first player to have the hip resurfacing surgery, but it ended mm-hmm. his career. He's like, no, I, I don't need to go through that. I'm not coming back after this. Nicholas Backstrom and had some emotional interviews over the last few days, basically saying, look, I wasn't ready to give it up. And he wanted to work through that pain to come back. Pretty significant surgery, but it also tells you that we don't know what we're going to be getting out of him. Either way, the fact that the Capitals have played themselves into this position makes this a really interesting deadline for their GM and Brian McClellan because Mm -hmm. how much do you add? How much are you really considered a contender if you're just maybe sneaking into the race with what's a really strong Atlantic division? Yeah, well, as long as Alex Ovechkin score in a goal a game, Frank, you got to go for it, I think. You know, it's tough to ignore that. It's just that that Metro, like there's six teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, and I think five of them are going to make it. Right now, I'd say Washington's in that mix, but they pretty much st- held firm at the deadline last year. I could see them bulking up a little bit this year, especially considering how well some of that talent that we talked about earlier that we didn't expect uh, to produce like they have has done, uh, in the, especially in the past month or so. Yeah, I just think when you look at the Metro, every team in that division seems to be a cut below the Carolina Hurricanes, which then as you're sizing it up, you say, well, how do we then justify some of these trade Mm -hmm. deadline acquisitions? Speaking of the deadline, we've got 54 days to go until March 3rd. We've got the deadline countdown on at dailyfaceoff.com. One trade deadline focused story coming your your way each day. And today up is a player profile of Vancouver Canucks captain Bo Horvat. We've got a scouting report. We've got potential teams that he is a fit on. We've also got uh, a look at projecting his uh, next contract, which is certainly going to be expensive after the monster season that he's having. You see here 29 goals. And we also take a look at what the return might be for a player of Bo Horvat's stature. There's somewhat limited history in the last number of years because there haven't been massive deadline rental deals that have brought back huge returns. But in this case with Bo Horvat, if we take a look, Mike, at some of the teams where he could be a potential fit, which one of these teams stand out for you in terms of the Bruins, Caps, Hurricanes, Avalanche, and Wild? Where would you think Horvat is the most ideal fit? Man, I've been saying this for a while. I would love to see Horvat in Carolina. You know, and it's not just the even strength and the depth down the middle. It's what he does on the power play. And that Carolina power play just hasn't been good enough. I know Max Pacioretty's back in the lineup, but that's one weapon. You need a net front presence there as well. And I think Horvat would fill that role great. Kakanami hasn't really been able to step up and grab a top line role. I think he'd be great there. Minnesota, same way. You know, they could use a top two centerman. I think he fits with the ethos of that team of the wild very well. Um, and the other ones that are listed here, you know, Boston, it might be kind of tough to get him contractually there. Colorado, they'd probably have to move some assets. So um, I love Carolina. I'd like Minnesota. Those would be my top two. The only question really is, Frank, what's it going to take to get a Bo Horvat off them out of Vancouver? Yeah, it's going to be expensive. And some some of the pure rental deals that we looked at 
where something like either the deal that the Flyers got for Claude Giroux, which if you look back on it, history is probably actually going to be pretty kind to given the trade scenario and what that was like with them only allowing him to talk to the Florida Panthers uh, or him allowing the Flyers to, I should say. Uh, there's also the Matt Duchesne trade from Ottawa to Columbus. That's on the rental side. But if you're looking on the trade and sign side, I think the deal that came back for uh, Mark Stone going from Ottawa to Vegas, that involved Eric Brandstrom and a an, uh, first-round mm-hmm. pick, that that might sort of be the ideal template, especially if you're a team like um, the Vancouver Canucks, which at this point we've heard they're interested in, in getting some young players and pieces back in return. Maybe someone, I don't know if there's a similar vein for Brandstrom, but um, something along those lines would probably be pretty enticing for a team like the Vancouver Canucks. And one other story, Mike, that was posted on dailyfaceoff.com over the weekend was taking a look as part of our trade deadline countdown series at the third-party brokers. And you might say, well, what exactly is a third-party broker? They're a team that would have to get involved in a transaction in order to make a trade work from a money perspective. You need to essentially take one player, trade him to a middleman, and then end up getting to the final destination with retained salary along the way in order to make the cap hits work. And in this case, Mike, it's the year of the third-party broker because there's so many big-name players available with big cap hits in this flat cap environment that cap space has never been a more precious commodity. These guys are going to be necessary, some of these third-party brokers that we see if any of these names are to move before the March 3rd trade deadline. Of these teams that we have listed in terms of the third-party brokers and you see their cap space or their projected cap space there, which one do you see being the most active? Well, I can't help but think that the Coyotes with the amount of cap space they have is going to be pretty high on that. But I really see the Hawks being able to do some things. The question, though, for me is that the Hawks are probably going to have a couple of pieces they're selling off in the first place when it comes to Kane and Taves, if they choose to go. Would anybody else have to help there? I don't know to be able to get rid of it. So um, it's kind of curious to me from that aspect. So I, I think for me, Arizona's probably first. And I think that we probably shouldn't sleep on Columbus, given the fact that that team isn't going anywhere in terms of playoffs and they need to be able to uh, to stockpile as much as you can because think about what you're going to get in return, right? Being a third-party broker has essentially become a great way to add third to fifth round draft picks. And you have it at the bottom of the of that article, the piece on Daily Faceoff as well, mentioning even the Florida Panthers. Well, there's a team that doesn't have any first-round picks. How do you, until 2026, how do you rebuild your stockpile? You get these mid-round picks. And clubs like Arizona, they've got their firsts. The Hawks have plenty of firsts, but you can always use more depth with that, and it gives you flexibility with trades. So I'm looking to the Hawks, looking to Arizona, but I think Panthers might be more involved than people could think too. Yeah, keep an eye on the Ducks. They've got tons of cap space as well and a need to be as active as possible. And don't sleep on, you mentioned in the story, I said Florida, don't sleep on Columbus. It doesn't look like they have a ton of cap space, but they haven't moved Jacob Voracek to LTIR, which could give you another $8 million in change to go after some of those picks. I'm also hoping, Mike, that this is the final year of the third-party broker. Maybe not for those teams' sake, because it always makes it a little bit more interesting. But in this case, The fact that we do have hope that the salary cap could increase this summer, that maybe, just maybe, some of these teams wouldn't need the extra help of the third-party team, which is music to their ears because they also don't want to trade to get the asset and then have to trade another asset to then make the money work, which is what you're likely going to see happen a couple times 
before we get to March 3rd. Check out that story on dailyfaceoff.com. I also included a scale of what teams might be able to expect based on how much they have to retain. So that's where it really gets interesting. And what can your team get in return for getting involved in the mix as a third-party broker? Uh, Mike, let's talk some goaltending trade market in this week's edition of the Blue Paint. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, Mike, it's time for the blue paint delivered by our friends at Montana's. Mike, when you look at the Los Angeles Kings, I posted a story last week on the top objectives for each team in the Western and Eastern conferences, the Los Angeles Kings were the only one that I mentioned that needs a goaltender. We've talked about this season and how it's unfolded to this point. Cal Peterson down in AHL Ontario. Jonathan Quick has struggled. They've given Phoenix Copley the ability to run with the ball. When you look at their team and where they're positioned at the moment, if they're going to make the playoffs, which it seems like they will, who do you see as a possible fit for them in net to help shore things up? Well, what it's going to come down to for me, Frank, is are the LA Kings going to be looking as a rental or are they looking long term? Because there's a couple different fits here and it's all going to come with a different cost, as you know, when it comes to the trade market. Um, and I love what Copley's done. He's 10 and 2. He's got a 904 save percentage. He's a good goaltender. Is he going to be the guy that can carry that team? That's what the question is. And like you say, they must be looking in the mirror thinking, we need some help because Jonathan Quick, tough year, 8-9-4, eight, 8-8-4. Eight, Peterson, who knows? Are they going to hang on to Peterson long-term? So I look at it and I think most likely for the Kings, a rental's probably your best bet for this year because you still have Peterson tied up on a $5 million deal into the future. And I look at somebody like Cam Talbot in Ottawa. The Senators most likely aren't going to make playoffs. They're out of the race. And Talbot's at a $3.6 million cap hit. He's got a lot of playoff experience, over a 920 save percentage during that time. I know his year this season, if you look at traditional numbers, it doesn't look like it's outstanding with a 906 save percentage, but that club's been really porous in front of Talbot. If you look at advanced metrics, he's actually been very good for that team. So um, I think Talbot would be a great fit for the LA Kings, somebody with experience. He's a veteran. He's plug and play. He could come in and do well for that club. Um, but I also think about long-term. 
You know, I think about UC Soros or a Thatcher Demko, Frank. Now, these are big names. They both have great cap, cap hits. Yaros, Soros is at $5 million, two years left. You've also got Demko. He's at $5 million, uh, with three years left on his deal. Question is, what would it take to get either of these two types of goaltenders, Frank? Like Soros and Demko, would they'd be a boatload, I would think, to be able to acquire, especially with that term, wouldn't they? Yeah, it would be pretty expensive, I would think, in order to bring in a goaltender of that magnitude. So maybe it makes sense, since we always have the game of goaltending musical chairs in the summer, to just see if someone can tide you over in the playoffs and give you an opportunity to win a round or two and do some damage in the playoffs if you're the Kings. Go after a Talbot, or I know his numbers haven't been very good this year, but what about a James Reimer? The acquisition cost mm -hmm. isn't high. You don't get tied into anything long-term. And then if you want to reevaluate... Uh, and take a look at someone like if if Soros is available, if the Preds have to ask themselves those type of questions, or Demko in Vancouver. I don't have any indication either one is yet available. I don't know. Do you maybe pivot to someone like uh, John Gibson? I, who knows? There's all sorts of different options that might be available to your team that I don't think it makes any sense to get locked into something now when you're just looking for someone to get you over until the summer but what are some other teams as we size up the goalie market that you think might be looking for depth i want you to play matchmaker for us it's not mm -hmm. valentine's day yet but play matchmaker and maybe <laughs> connect a few dots in terms of does one team in particular or two need a backup well at, in our house we've already got the valentine's day decorations going up next week um first off Shameful. i don't think the goalie market is big this year at all i know <laughs> I don't think the goalie market's going to be very active, Frank. I think you'll see the Kings and some other clubs looking, and it'll be more in a depth role. I don't expect to see Soros or Demko moved, but it could happen. We've seen it before. Um, what I think you're looking at is you've got some teams that are probably thinking, can we trust our goaltending? Do we have the depth? And I look at New Jersey. I even look at a Toronto. And I wonder, do those clubs think of bringing in somebody that could even be a second or a third goalie that may help them uh, down the stretch? You know, New Jersey, I think Vanacek's done a really nice job. 9.15 save percentage. It's flagged a little bit lately. Um, but behind him, is Akira Schmidt ready to play in playoffs? I don't know. Is Blackwood going to be available? He's hurt yet again. Toronto, Murray and Samsonov, 916 on the year, but their numbers are regressing, Frank. And you just can't help but wonder, will health be the same there? I look at a couple guys. I look at Craig Anderson as like the perfect band-aid for these teams. You know, you look at Buffalo and they've got Uku, Uku Pekalukanen, who's playing pretty well, looking like an NHL goalie. Eric Comrie's there. Malcolm Subban's good in the A. Craig Anderson can go somewhere. He could be a third goalie for somebody, maybe more than that if they need it. He could play number one minutes. Jersey, Toronto, both those clubs, if they have cap space, if they think they need depth, that's where I think a Reimer or an Anderson, especially for me, would fit very well. Yeah, I think the answer is TBD. We need to get to yeah. these next uh, five weeks or so and see what presents itself before the deadline, before having to make any decisions like that. Also see what it's like on the health front as well. The trade deadline, 54 days away. Quickly, Mike, uh, wanted to ask mm -hmm. you about Jack Campbell. You noticed that he recently changed equipment brands. You were saying earlier this year that you thought gear might have been an issue for Campbell in his game. Tell me what you see different and why it matters. Yeah, it's just a quick aside here. I mean, if you notice, look at take a look especially at Campbell's thigh rise, the area of his pad above his knee. And you can see in his old gear on the left, 
uh, very soft, very uh, flexible. You can see that the thigh rise comes up off the ice and allows a lot of space. His new brand, Brian's, it's a stiffer pad. Uh, it seals the ice a little bit better. And guess what? He's had two pretty good games since he's worn them since after the holiday break. So it's just a little aside, but it's obviously uh, something to keep an eye on because Campbell is now uh, made an update to his game after playing with largely the same gear for the better part of almost a decade, Frank. Wow. Interesting to see what one little change like that might be able to have a difference on Jack Campbell and his season in the first year of a five-year times $5 million deal with the Edmonton Oilers. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Blue Paint, which has been delivered by our friends at Montana's. This season, Montana's is bringing back the viewing party with their new daily deals. Tonight, you can enjoy the game while also enjoying half-price wings. Go to montanas.ca to find out more details on each of their daily deals throughout the week. You will not be disappointed. Certainly on a Monday, half-price wings. Go and check them out, montanas.ca, for a location near you. All right, Mike, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. A little shout-out to our friends at PointsBet. If I were to give you a hypothetical hundred crisp $100 bill, U.S. denomination, of course, which team would you be placing your wager on? Well, see Carolina at plus eight or at 800 there. I like that one. But there's a team that's totally off the map that I think could win, and it's the Dallas Stars. I think we're going to see a mm -hmm. Dallas-Carolina final. I'd take those big odds, and I'd go with the Stars. How about you, Frank? Yeah, you know, I, I would probably – I picked the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup beforehand. I think at this point in the season, as well as Boston has played, they're on pace for one of the best records ever in the regular season, 139 points. It's crazy to think about. Five to one actually seems pretty decent. And the last dance vibes that have been around that team, I, I'd be slinging 100 bucks on Boston, and I almost never take the chalk. I think those numbers are pretty decent. That brings us, in fact, Mike, uh, speaking of points bet, to our points bet daily bet segment with Tyler Ramchuk. Tyler, what do you got? What do you like tonight? Uh, well, it's not a huge slate in the NHL, but there are still a few plays that I got my eye on tonight, starting with that matchup between Philadelphia and Buffalo. So let's dig into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. The over is set at six and a half for the Sabres. They've hit this mark in four or five. For the Flyers, they've hit this mark in seven of their last 10 as well. I think this one has a chance to be pretty high scoring. Carter Hart is back from injury, so that gives me a bit of a pause for Philly. But he's allowed eight goals and two starts since being activated from the IR. So I don't mind this spot going over six and a half. And if it does go over, I'm also taking Dylan Cousins to grab an assist. He's hit this mark in four of his last five games. He's a point of game player for this Buffalo Sabres team. And it's paying plus money at plus 120. So a Dylan Cousins assist is going to be my second play for that one. And then I'm also going out to the Edmonton LA game later in the evening. And I'm taking the Zach Hyman shot prop. He has crushed this thing in back-to-back -back games for the Edmonton Oilers. And you're giving me a nice even plus 100. All he needs is four shots. He got nine last game against the Colorado Avalanche, and he's been hitting this pretty consistently throughout the season. So I like taking Hyman over three and a half. A Cousins assist and the over in Philly Buffalo, Frank. 
Dylan Cousins also in need of a new contract as well. Just something to keep in mind for the Buffalo Sabres. Been a point-per-game guy this season for the Sabres if you've been sleeping. So Cousins has been fantastic. We'll look to that, Tyler. Thank you for our points bet daily bet segment. Mike, that brings us to garbage time, and I usually seed the floor, but I wanted to give a little shout-out to the Frank J. Zamboni Company because I have a friend in Pittsburgh. His name is Jim Britt. He was the Pittsburgh Penguins Director of Team Services for quite a while before now being their VP of the Penguins Foundation. And he had a four-legged friend in his family named Zamboni. And someone had contacted the Zares there, Zamboni. Zamboni recently passed away, and someone, uh, they don't know who, contacted the Zamboni company on their behalf and just said, hey, uh, we had a friend whose dog was named Zamboni, and he died anyway. The Zamboni company was nice enough to send the placard that they put on all of their ice resurfacing machines just as a nice little memento to say, hey, we're really sorry for your loss. Just a nice way for them to remember their pup as a new dog owner myself. My dog's name is Biscuit, less than a year old at this point. I thought that was such a nice touch and wanted to give a little shout out to the Zamboni company for just thinking ahead on something like that. Really nice way to pay it forward. I love it, Frank. And think about Zamboni to hockey. I mean, that's a name that everybody outside of hockey knows, right? How many of those do we have in the sport? Pretty cool and well done by the company. You see the tongue there, too. It seems like it was an aptly named dog as well. Maybe a uh, resurfaced a few <laughs> floors in the in the Brit family as well. So uh, well said, Mike. And that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday. You know where to find us. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. For all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League, have a great day, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.